Welcome to the Physician Associate Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Physician Associate Podcast. My name is James. Today I'm joined by Nick Matic, who is the Director of Physicians Associates Transforming Healthcare, or PATH. Welcome to the show, Nick. Hi, good morning, James. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us on the episode. Looking forward to being here. I wanted to get you on so that we could have a chat about what PATH is and what it's like running a business set up specifically for physician associates. Do you want to start by telling us a little bit about where you were and how you came across physician associates? Yeah, of course. Um, so I've I've been working in uh, uh, healthcare recruitment for about 18 years in various roles. So I've worked for recruitment agencies through to crossing over to working in general uh, general practice, working for GP companies. And my last employment, as it was, I was working for a company called uh, Malling Healthcare, where I was the clinical recruitment manager. Uh, Malling Healthcare had about 60, 60 GP practices, um, urgent care centres and out-of-hour services. And one of the biggest challenges is pretty much in any recruitment is was trying to find clinical workers, the doctors, the nurses um, and everything else. And we were part of scouring the country, trying to find GPs, scouring the world, trying to find GPs. And uh, there was obviously a continuous frustration with that, trying to find people. And we found ourselves a lot of the time going to exhibitions and conferences, and we were busy trying to recruit people, trying to recruit GPs to come and work for us. At the same time, we were competing against the likes of, you know, Australia, Canada. So it became relatively quickly apparent that it doesn't matter how widely you scour the world for more and more doctors and nurses, that everyone in, across the world is pretty much in the same boat. So we, uh, we started looking at how we could look at alternatives to help support general practice, which is how we met with Jeannie Watkins. At the time, Jeannie was running a, a small recruitment company and was also involved in the FPA. We talked to Jeannie about the role of physician associates and how they could potentially impact. And at the time, that was back in 2013, 2014. Very few PAs around anywhere. But uh, we started talking to Jeannie about the concept of PAs and we introduced a couple of them into some of our GP practices. And it worked extremely well. It just proved that we didn't have to keep fighting for the same doctors and nurses to to backfill more and more vacancies. And actually, there may be different ways of looking at things. Our um, medical director, Dr. Tom Reichelm at Malling Health, decided that we were going to support the role of PAs. And we sponsored a few PAs through their PA program with a view to hopefully they then coming to join us afterwards. That works quite well, but unfortunately, the world of general practice wasn't really big on PAs, and it's taken an awful long time for, for that to change. And as we've moved forward, things change with Manning Healthcare. We're all chatting afterwards one day, and the role of physician associates was still sitting there. So we spoke to Jeannie about uh, how we could help maybe with Jeannie in taking things forward with physician associates. So at the time, Jeannie was still trying to practice as a clinician. And I think she was involved in FPA and she had a lot on her hands. So we decided to take her recruitment company and try and see if we could help take it in a slightly different direction, more around recruitment and development of the role of PAs, not only just recruiting PAs, but also helping people to understand what a PA was, how they would fit into their workforce, how you could define and develop services around the role of physician associates to be able to take some of the pressure away from the, the doctors and nurses to enable the doctors to really get on with uh, what they're good at and at the same time allowing physician associates to get on with what they're good at to the greater benefit of the patients. It was a slow, gentle development initially with the development of PATH. But as we've moved forward, hopefully uh, we're still involved very much 
supporting the development of the role as well as just recruiting into those roles as well. That's brilliant. Thanks, Nick. So what challenges were there seven or eight years ago when you were setting this idea into fruition? I, I suppose the biggest challenge at the time was there really wasn't, and, and still is possibly, uh, enough PAs to go around. As people started to see the concept of physician associates working, we could see everything that was going on and everything was moving in the direction, but there just wasn't enough PAs to go around. The first difficulty we had is where we're we going to find PAs uh, to be able to support the development of the role. And the second biggest challenge, I have to be honest, was that some areas of general practice really wasn't open to the idea. It was very much a case of, we're not sure what we do with these people. We're not sure how they fit in. Our patients won't like it. There was a little bit of negative press at the time um, going on around PAs. So there were there are a number of challenges to overcome. It was but not only were there not enough of them to go around, there wasn't enough experienced people to go around. And equally, there was a little bit of negative press and a bit of pushback from healthcare professions. I think that's that's now very quickly changing. And certainly... I think people's attitudes are changing very quickly. Certainly the advanced roles reimbursement scheme into primary care has been a game changer, hasn't it, for to uptake of physician associates into GP land? Uh, yes, ours has kind of exploded um, the role of PA into general practice, which is which is great. I, if I can be honest, there's still a little bit of a little bit of me that still sort of feels that the RCGP could do a lot more to stand behind the role of PAs. If you look at the Royal College of Psychiatrists and um, the Royal College of Emergency Medicine and some of the other Royal Colleges, they really are embracing the role of PAs and uh, standing behind them and in supporting them. So some physician associates who are listening to this podcast will be familiar with PATH and maybe we have even worked or worked with you in the past, but there may be some student PAs or some PAs that are newer to the game in other parts of the country who might not have heard of what PATH do and what you can offer. So how do you describe what PATH does? We very much support the role of physician associates across the board. Hopefully some of your uh, student listeners may have come across us. We do presentations to students about how they can develop their CVs, how they can write their, write their CVs and prepare themselves for interviews. We also very much welcome students to send us their CVs or to give us a call just to ask for some advice and support around how they can go about getting themselves a job, how they can prepare themselves for interviews, that sort of thing. We're more, more than happy to do that for uh, for students. PAs. Then moving forward, we can help PAs with finding jobs uh, when you're applying for a job, whether you're going into applying for general practice or whether you're going to secondary care. The, the routes and the processes are very, very different. Um, general practice is a bit more wild west in its approach to recruitments, whereas the hospitals are very much, uh, they're very formulaic. There are different processes, there are different layers. So it's a very different approach. It's about understanding those different approaches, depending on what you as an individual want to do in applying for your jobs. We help with recruitment. We have jobs, uh, we have a jobs board, which is your-path.com, which is a jobs board uh, open for everyone to use since free of charge. We are commissioned by Health Education England to help the role of GP supervisors of newly qualified PAs. Uh, we work with GP federations, primary care networks and GP practices to be able to help those practices understand what a newly qualified PA is and the preceptorship programme that they need to have in place to be able to introduce newly qualified PAs into general practice. To make sure that those practices understand what the what the goal of a preceptorship is, to make sure that the PA is supported in their learning, but also to make sure that the practices are able to use a PA at the full scope of their practice. Um, there's no point in uh, all these practices employing PAs if they're then going to get it a bit wrong and it will lead to potentially to role failure uh, at some point further down the line. So we try and get under the skin of uh, a PCN, understand that PCN, understand how PAs are able to work with that PCN, 
whether it's as a generalist on the front line or whether it's in a more specific role, maybe working on long-term condition management or early cancer diagnosis or perhaps as a care home lead. And there are different nuances to the preceptorship program that needs to be in place uh, to be able to support those PAs to do those various things. And the other things we look at as well as PATH, um, we are looking, we're always looking at service modelling to see how the role can be developed or changed. And there are different ways of supplying or employing PAs to do the work that they need to do. So is it something that always has to be virtual or uh, can, can the work be done remotely or is it something that needs to be done on site or can it be done in a different way? For example, for example, the care home lead is, is a good example of that. You know, there, there are ways of modelling that care home, the care home lead. So it's specifically run by physician associates with GP support, with the clinical pharmacist supports coming into that. But the practices need to do the work, to do the legwork, to be able to support those PAs to be able to do that work themselves in the first place. So it's very much a case of helping those practices understand that what they put in uh, leads to a better of what they get out of the other end. Okay, oh, that's brilliant. That sounds really good, Nick. And how much does it cost the PAs who want to get these interview skills in the practice and the, the talks about how to get jobs? What does it cost them? Absolutely free of charge. We don't charge student PAs or newly qualified PAs for any support uh, for any anything that we offer to them. We only charge employers for, the, for, for our services. Um, everything we do with newly qualified and student PAs is uh, free of charge. Uh, we're here to help. And if people want to find out more and access those services, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, if you go to www.our-path.co.uk, um, you'll be able to register on the websites. There's contact details on the websites. Um, if you go to our jobs board, which is your-path.com, uh, there is actually a CV writing guide on there as well that uh, is available for anyone they want to use. But certainly the first point of call would be our-path.co.uk. Perfect. And I'll leave links to the um, things that you've spoken about in the show notes so people can find them on their device under the show notes that they're listening to this on. Thank you. How do you see the physician associate profession developing perhaps in the next 10 years where do you think things are going and how a path going to evolve do you think as well oh that's a big question primary and secondary care i think are both slightly different i think that secondary care is slightly ahead of the game but certainly emergency medicine uh, and acute are further ahead of the game in where they're developing the role of pas i think that uh, general practice has a little bit of catching up to do I, I think the role of PA should be moving forward a lot more into with PAs moving into more leadership roles, uh, into management roles. Uh, general practice, for example, there are one or two PAs that are, have become partners in practices. So I think very much PAs need to understand that there is a route to partnership working in primary care. In secondary care, I suppose I would like to see PAs uh, starting to move into those leadership roles and uh, taking on uh, wider responsibility for uh, the delivery of patient care uh, with more responsibility. Um, prescribing is obviously uh, every, high up on everyone's list all of the time, but I think that's, to be honest, a smaller issue in the grand scheme of things. I think this is more about developing the role of physician associates. I'm not saying it's comparable to the role of consultants, but you know there, there would be opportunities, I think, in the future where PAs can start leading whole services with that uh, dependent practitioner element slightly moved uh, in a different direction. If you look at perhaps the states where um, physician associates are actually running urgent care centres, that I think is a model that could potentially work uh, eventually in time, um, maybe uh, with PAs running um, convenience care centres, uh, minor, minor illness services. There, there are whole sectors that still aren't looking at the use of PAs. Um, you've got secure healthcare where uh, PAs aren't yet used. You've got the MOD where PAs aren't used, but actually 
you know that's that's their background and their their in, in their DNA. We've got things like community care, uh, which have been a uh, still fully fully to be explored by PAs and, and again mental health uh, mental health is really starting to charge forward with the use of PAs but I think there are still opportunities there for PAs to, so I think at the moment it's still more around scoping out where PAs can still add benefit to the existing workforce and then looking to the future five years down the line where PAs can start to really take on leadership roles and, and also the educational development of PAs. Um, you know, there are opportunities for PAs to start to move into education. There are still pockets of the UK that don't have any PAs whatsoever and, and where they would be desperately needed. Parts of parts of Wales, um, parts of Scotland, Northern Ireland would benefit greatly from, from additional PAs. So I think at the moment it's still very exploratory as to where PAs can go, uh, where they can go. And maybe over the next five to ten years, uh, the journey becomes clearer is path predominantly a london-based organization or have you spread far and wide across the uk uh we are far and wide across the uk uh so we we've worked with scotland uh ireland and northern ireland as well as parts of wales unfortunately london always plays a dominant role in everything uh, but i think that's more to just purely to do with its, its population size and the way that uh, things move very very quickly and do you do any work with physician associates who are looking for locum opportunities uh, yeah, uh, we do work with uh, physician associates uh, on a lo- on a locum basis, and we do provide locum PAs. Um, but we have to be a bit careful around the role of physician associates, um, particularly newly qualified physician associates coming straight out of uh, universities, uh, sitting their national exams, and, and we try to avoid that where possible. If you if you're a newly qualified PA, it would be like trying to put a house officer into a staff grade role in, in an A and E department. It, it, it's got it's got to be handled with some caution. And I think um, newly qualified PAs need to have that year of grounding that that newly qualified year that preceptorship year to be able to really understand the, the speciality that they're working in before they can start to think about locoming in that in that environment it's it's not fair to the employer who are uh, hiring a locum and want them to get on with a job it's not necessarily fair to the PA because they may not fully understand the role they're going straight into and may struggle to struggle in that role and it may have an adverse effect on their, their future career and equally it's not uh, it's not fair to the patient the patient is not going to necessarily have the best experience from a newly qualified PA going into a locum role. So we are cautious around the role of newly qualified physician associates working into locum roles. Uh, but certainly there, there is increasing demand for locum PAs. Um, but uh, again, caveating that with um, ideally they need to be experienced PAs to be able to get on with that um, because the supervision and training, by the very nature that you're a locum, uh, they're calling for a locum, it means that there may be some degree of understaffing in a, in a department or in a practice somewhere. So uh, there won't necessarily always be that, that supervision around um, that is needed for a newly qualified. So if the demand is there for um, experienced PAs. That's Brilliant. Nick, thanks so much for giving up your time to explain a bit more about PATH to me. Um, I found it really useful to find out a bit more and I'm sure the people listening will also benefit. If they want to get in touch with PATH, what's the best way for them to find you? Uh, easiest way is to visit our website, www.our-path.co.uk, where hopefully there'll be lots of information on how, uh, about the role of physician associates. There'll be some jobs on there and also our contact details. So more than welcome to drop us an email at any time. Thanks, Nick. No problem at all. That's absolutely fine. And thanks to you for listening as well. I hope you found that really useful to find out a bit more about PATH. You can get in touch with me at the Physician Associate Podcast. We're on Facebook and Twitter at PA Podcast UK. And I hope you join me again for the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Physician Associate Podcast.